What do you do when you feel like you're doing everything right, but none of it's working? Hi, welcome to another episode of Business Mindset Mastery. My name's Heather Gray. I'm a mindset coach for business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs. And you can find me over at choosetohaveitall.com. And today we have a question from a listener. She's doing all the steps. She's listening to all of the directions. She's following all the advice and none of it's working. And she's wondering what she should be doing next. Let's dive into her question. Heather, it's not working. I've been trying to run my own business for over a year now. I have a clean, well-designed website. I'm on a few social media sites. I post regularly. I engage. I also have an email list. I stay in touch with them regularly too. I offer life coaching to millennial women and I feel like I show up where my audience is. The women who find me seem to like me. They engage with my my content. They ask me questions, but they're not hiring me. I feel like I've done the steps I need to take and it's just not working. Wondering if you have any opinions. Actually, usually I'm known for my opinions and I've got a few, but here instead, I have a list of questions for you, kind of a checklist of checks and balances that you can look at your business with, examine where you land, and see if maybe answering them will help you find your next steps. So just take a deep breath, hold tight, and I'm going to find you right on the other side of this break. I think a lot of times the immediate assumption is, is if it's not working, we're failing. I don't think that's the story we should jump to. We have to figure out what's not working because my guess and my story is, is that some of it's working, some of it's not, and you can't tell the difference because you've gone and done all the things. So what I'd like you to do is just kind of sit back and listen to a series of questions I'm going to walk you through. There's actually an endless list of questions that people can ask themselves when it comes to what's not working, why it's not working, and you can really get in the weeds. I have about eight questions or so here for you to start with. It's not an exhaustive list, and I know it's not an exhaustive list, but I think an exhaustive list would be exhausting. So this is where to start. If you feel like after you've gone through this list, you're not getting any insight, you don't have any answers, what I would recommend you do is get back in touch with me and I'll connect you with a business coach or strategy strategist who can do an audit of your business and help you maybe identify some business planning and strategy things you need to try. But this is where I would start. My first question for you is, are you talking at your audience or are you talking to your audience? When I see people who are posting frequently on social media, one of the things that I notice is they drop a a quote in the chat box. They ask a quick uh, question. They share a quick story. And it's kind of like hit and run in a way where they've just kind of plopped a thought, plopped an idea in front of their audience. And then they've just walked away to see what the audience does with it. And I know I myself have been guilty of that at times too, especially when I was first starting out and not really knowing what I was doing. But what you want to think about in terms of social media is the social part. 
It's not about hit and run, dropping content, giving it to them and running away to see if they bite. It's about engaging with your audience around the topic. So when someone comments on one of your posts or when you put an email out to the world and someone writes back, do you answer back? Do you offer a follow-up question? Do you comment on the engagement that your listeners, viewers, audience are having? Do you get to know them as people so you recognize their name, you see what they're struggling with, and you speak to that? Because if you're engaging with your audience, you're allowing them to connect with you. But if you're just doing this bite-sized, you know, sort of quote piece or just a little nibble of coaching or some sort of insight, and they don't know how to engage with the topic or around the topic, or they're not sure what they should even be doing with it, sometimes they'll just scroll on by. The other thing, too, is your audience is going to assume you don't have time for them. That is just the running assumption until you prove to them otherwise. So you have to make sure you're making time for these connections. Because partly what happens is if you think about it, if you assume the person you're talking to doesn't have time for you, you may just offer a rushed question. You may not bother them at all. You may not comment. You'll just scroll on by. So you need to let your audience know that you're you're paying attention, that you're listening to them, that you hear their pain points, you know their struggle, and that you're on it. And that sometimes feels like that's what you're doing when you simply are talking about a topic or offering a mini training. But for your audience, it will feel really different. That difference between talking, at, like being spoken to or at, is very, very different. So you want to focus on that relational aspect and make sure you're doing that too. Now, the next thing that I, you know, want to know, and I would encourage you to evaluate, is are you talking specifically to their pain points or are you talking around their pain points? So often when I talk to coaches and consultants, they're saving the pain points for the coaching and they're just doing general chit-chat. But general chit-chat becomes water cooler talk and then your audience doesn't really know why they're hanging out with you other than they like talking to you. So you have to make sure you're talking to them about the problems you're looking to help them solve. When your audience engages with you, they have to know that you're the expert in their pain points. And a lot of times what happens when people try to do that relationship building thing on social media when they're trying to make connections and build a following is they don't like talking about the uncomfortable stuff. They don't want their audience to think that they're just immediately trying to sell to them. They feel like they have to wait. But the problem with that is if you don't like right out of the gate, introduce your audience to who you are, how you move through the world, and the product or service you offer and what it allows the user to experience or resolve for themselves. They don't know why they're around you. They don't know what you do. So when they experience that pain point, they don't think of you as being the person to go to. You want to start looking at the types of content you're putting out there, the actual posts, the 
the questions you're asking, the things you're sending out to your email list, and are you talking about the pain points, and have you set yourself up as an expert? Now, you mentioned that your target market is millennial women, and one of the things with this particular population is they engage highly on social, but they also like making friends through social. So one of the things you have to be careful with, particularly with this population, is as you connect with them, you have to make sure they see you as a professional, as a leader, as someone who can take them from point A to point B, and you're not just showing up as their friend. I think that's the risk sometimes with social media, because you start friending on Facebook, people you might hire, you start getting to know them and seeing them behind the screens and seeing their personal lives and all of the things in between, and you don't start thinking of them as a professional right away. So one of the things I want you to think about is how are you setting yourself apart? How are you putting yourself in front of your audience so that when they're struggling, when they're hurting, you are the exact person they come to to talk about it? You want to make sure that they know that this is your jam, this is what you do, this is who you are, how you help, and how you serve. And you have to be unafraid to put that out there unapologetically. It's about wanting to connect with them, but not forgetting the point that you want to connect with them so you can serve them on a deeper level. And in order to be able to do that, they need to see you as the expert. The next thing, and I don't mean this with sarcasm and I don't mean to make it sound, you know, like a dumb question, but the next thing is, is does your audience know that you are selling something they can buy? And have you asked them? I've said it on the show before, but it's this idea that if you build it, they will come is nonsense. That isn't how it works. You have to build it. You have to open the door. You have to invite them in, welcome them into the conversation, let them know how you can help, and let them know, too, the limits of where, like, social media help can end, it, like, begins and ends. They have to know that you can't solve the world's problems through a Facebook post, that if they really want your time and attention on their problem, that they need to get off social media and engage with you on a one-on-one -on -one basis in a deeper level, but they need to know that that's an option. And so often when we talk about building relationships with our audience, when we talk about building that know, like, and trust factor, connecting with people on a different level, sometimes we forget the selling part. Selling can feel sleazy. Selling can feel really uncomfortable. It gets us outside our comfort zone. It's so much easier to be the nice person who's asking the motivating, inspiring questions on Facebook than it is to be the person who says, hey, I see you struggling day in and day out. You're coming to this group. You're talking about X. And I got to tell you, you don't need to be suffering anymore. You don't need to be struggling. I'm right here and I'd really like to help, but you have to make a choice to invest with me. You have to put yourself out there and let them know that you are selling a product or service that they can invest in themselves in and get relief from. Because a lot of times social media can just be 
misinterpreted as some large anonymous support group where you can go in, vent your world struggles, talk about your pain points till your heart's content, and then turn off the computer and shut down the device and go back to your regular every day. Your audience needs to know that you have something that can help them. And I want you to do an audit of your content. Every engagement that you've done, any email you've written, any social media posts you've done, any follow-up you've done, and have you asked for the sale? And have you followed up with anyone you've talked about your sales and products and services with? Are you selling your business or are you just hoping that they're going to see it, find out about you, and magically walk down your door path without you ever having to do anything? It's a really hard question to ask because on some level it feels obvious, but it's also the hardest thing for people. This is really where I see people struggle. I call myself out on it on a regular basis that it's so much easier to do this podcast and just answer a question rather than that podcast episodes where I talk about the products and services I offer, how I help and say, hey, can I, you know, would you like to get on a call? Would you like to see if I can help? But the reality is, is every, I've done that on a podcast, maybe six, seven, eight times, maybe even 10 times. And I've gotten several calls with podcast listeners who only found me through my show, thought I might be able to help them, reached out and asked. But you have to let them know that that's how you serve and how you're available. Otherwise, they just think they're this, that you're this cool person on the internet who talks about the things that they care about. And you want to set yourself apart from that. You heard me talk last week on the show about an offer I put out there to my audience that few took me up on. And I can tell you firsthand that when that happens, it's so easy to get annoyed, insulted, to feel defeated or discouraged. And it's not that long until we become resentful, right? Like that's a risk. And one of the things that I would want you to do is do a little evaluation with yourself of have you been become resentful of your audience? Have you started to get pissed that you keep showing up, showing up, showing up, and nobody's buying? Because one of the things that happens when people get irritated with their audience is they disengage, they pull back, but they also kind of change their tone a little bit, and they become less open to their audience. And what they don't realize when business owners are doing this, what they don't realize is that they suddenly are shutting a door to new business, to new inquiries, but also too, you're shutting the door to the answers as to why this hasn't worked yet. One of the questions I have for you is, have you gotten on a call with one of your most loyal followers, one of your most engaged participants in your audience and said, hey, you've been following me for a while. You know, can I talk to you about what you've been struggling with? What led you to find me? What are, you know, what are the things on your mind? What's your biggest struggle? What do you need help with? Or have you even just said, hey, listen, you've been following me for a while. I put out two offers. You haven't taken me up on it. I'm wondering if, you know, did I get the wrong offer? Am I trying to solve a problem that you don't actually have? What's going on? 
I would be really curious if you got on the call with maybe five to ten of your followers, people on your email list, people in a Facebook group, if you just invited them to get on a call with you, talk to you about what they were struggling with, what you might be able to learn. Because one of the other things you'll get insight in is which of their pain points are they struggling enough with that they're willing to make an investment in you so that they can experience relief. Because a lot of times we'll bitch and moan about things, but we would never really pay somebody to help us solve the problem. We just kind of complain and then get on with our day. And you want to make sure that you are addressing and solving key pain points that your audience is going to invest in buying, particularly when you identify the millennial population, because many of them are just new professionals, but you know, in their first year or two of business, they're not really savvy. Some of them with financial planning and saving, they're still in that paycheck to paycheck mentality. They may not know how to work the finances to invest with you. So they're going to need to know what the incentive is to learn that new skill set just so that they can work with you. So you have a little bit of a marathon in front of you. It's not a race. You have to look at all the layers all the different ins and outs of this to really see what's up. The next thing I'm wondering that I'd want you to look at is do you have a clear point of view? Do the people who are currently encountering you, getting to know you, building relationships with you, do they know where you stand? Do they know how you're different from the rest? Do they know what you have to offer that no one else can offer? So many times when people are building a business, one of the things and mistakes they make is that they hesitate on being provocative. They hesitate on standing out from the crowd, on saying anything that's going to just, you know, sort of um, you know, disrupt the status quo a little bit. They get so afraid of conflict of what people will think that they never actually tell anyone what they think. And that setup is such a setup for failure because it means they can't come to you for a specific solution. If you play too general, if you speak to the masses, you're speaking to nobody. Now, the thing when I set out there and I started talking about myself and my brand, I focused on the idea that happiness is a choice, that life isn't just something that happens to you. You get to decide who you're going to be in response to life happening to you. You. And by and large, I have a good choir that I'm preaching to with that message, but it's also a message that really pisses people off because they'll tell me, well, what about depression? What about anxiety? What about mental health conditions? What about trauma histories? Like this just isn't me waking up one day and deciding to be happy. I have all these things I have to overcome. And they, you know, get insulted by my statement rather than looking at given what I'm saying how does it imply to them? I want you to look at your what you're saying, what your messaging is, how you're putting yourself out there. And when people think that they have a pain point, can they know that your approach is the one to help? So for example, if you just talk about weight loss all the time and exercise, but you don't get into real specifics that you like martial arts workouts, you like doing high intensity interval Tabata trainings, 
things than anybody reading your posts who likes Pilates, who likes yoga, may wonder if you're the right person for them. If you're somebody who likes to, um, you know, work with only um, women, for example, then the men are going to wonder if you're for them. But you have to be willing to say out loud, I serve millennial women ages this to this who have issues with this. Because if you just speak to the masses, nobody knows you're talking to them. And if they don't know they're being spoken to, they're not going to buy from you. So you have to be really clear on who you are and how it sets you apart so you can unapologetically show up for people in that exact role. So that when you're talking, they know what you're going to talk about. They have an idea of the direction and the journey you're going to take them on. And they trust that you're going to get them there. If you don't talk specifically enough, they're not going to think that you can help them. And if they don't think that you can help them, they're not going to buy from you. Now, my next and last question for you is probably going to feel a little bit like it's coming out of left field. And I, I hesitate to even bring it up. It seems presumptuous on my part to even say something, but it's also the thing that I keep hearing from my one-on-one -on -one clients on a regular basis. Usually when I'm working with people one-on-one, -on -one, I'm working with established business owners who have been at it for at least two years and they hit some kind of rut and they're stuck and it's just not going anywhere. They don't know if they want it anymore. They've been successful, but the needle isn't moving anymore and they've kind of flatlined. And one of the things that I keep finding time after time when we start poking around into the issue and when we start digging at it is this idea of, is this really something you want? So however long it was ago, you decided to build the life coaching business, coaching millennial women. I don't know what motivated that. I don't know how much experience you had with this type of work before you dove into it. But at some point in time, you made this decision for yourself and you daydreamed that it could be this and it would look like that and you would be able to do this and you'd be able to accomplish that. And now that you've been in it a while and that picture has not come to fruition. One of the things you really have to ask yourself is how much do you want it? Because a lot of times what I'm learning in these businesses when I talk to people is they built businesses on things that they thought they could build businesses on, not what they really wanted, not what they really felt passionate about, not what they had extensive experience on, but they'd hired a coach or they joined a membership community. They were directed to this sort of area of focus and they just ran with it because they wanted the time freedom that comes with owning their own businesses. But the other thing that I think happens is when people build a niche-based business like you have, millennials, we don't always know what it's going to be like to be in the company of our um, niche market full time. We imagine it's going to be so good because we love talking to people about this and we could talk all day about that. And it's not until we've talked all day for six months in a row, 12 months in a row, 16 months in a row that we realize like, oh my God, I'm going to lose my mind if I have to talk about this one more time or if I have to talk about this issue one more time. We don't know what we don't know. 
We go into our businesses with the absolute best of intentions, but sometimes we lead ourselves astray. Sometimes we take a left turn when we should have gone right. So if it's not working, I'd like you to look at, are you sure this is the product or service you want to offer your community? And are you sure this is the community you want to offer it to? And I can tell you from experience that if you are not positive of those things, their life and the universe, I'm not a very woo person, but I will tell you the universe has a way of not delivering. When I was a mental health therapist, I left my practice on a waiting list. I was largely full, but my waiting list was only coming from referrals. And the only reason why I had those referrals is I'd been in business for 10 years, so I had a lot of people knowing me. Nobody knew was finding me. Nobody knew was coming through the door. And that's because before I really got like honest about my burnout, I just wasn't seeking new clients. I had a shingle outside the front door. I had a listing on uh, Psychology Today. I had my own website. I was kind of sort of existing, but I had so many mental doors shut to new therapy clients finding me because I didn't want to do therapy anymore. I just haven't gotten bold enough and brave enough to say it. So I want you to look at your business. And if the only reason why you're not happy and it's not lighting you up, it's is that it's not working and you just want to be able to help people, then keep at it. Go down the list of questions. Do an evaluation. See what's working. See what's not. And again, if you need a business strategist, that's not my gig, but um, email me what you're looking for. And I I know a lot of people and I'd be happy to direct you um, their way. But otherwise, just do a gut check with yourself. Is this still something you want? Are these still people that you think you can help and want to help. Is this still your dream? It's a scary question to ask, but you've got to ask it. It can be really overwhelming when it looks like none of it's working. We can get just scared to our core. We can start to create all kinds of stories that have nothing to do with why it's not working. We rush to assumptions. We become more reactive. The most important thing you can do for yourself is slow down. Give yourself permission to be curious, to wonder why it's not working, to not jump on the idea that you have done something wrong, that your best laid intentions have just failed, but be open and be curious. Do the self-examination. Be willing to look at where you made a left turn and you should have taken a right and how you're going to be responding. But then what I want you to do is get really close and in tune to what you're willing to do about it. If you take that step, if you choose that action, you are going to get out of this hole. I know you're stuck and I know you feel you're overwhelmed, but you just have to focus on what's next. That's all you have to do. Just look at the list, do an assessment, be curious, get the information, and then just focus on the next step. I'm sorry that you're in this spot. 
I don't think you need to be in this spot for long. I believe you can get out of it, but you get out of it by not rushing to judgment, by not telling yourself a story, by being open to learning and finding out what's coming your way next. Thanks so much for writing in. I know you're not the only one listening to this show with this question, so hopefully my answer helps those folks too. And if you have a question and you want my eyes on your problem, please don't hesitate to reach out like this letter writer did. You can find me over at Heather at choose to have it all.com. I'd be happy to have your back. You've got this and I'll get you the rest of the way. Thanks so much. Bye for now.